0: Hi, friends. Welcome to Something For You podcast. Today, we are going to be jumping in with Bobby. She is a yoga teacher, self-love coach, and just one of my friends that I've always had really great conversations with um, about our experiences and just what we've been through. And today, we're going to be exploring a pretty vulnerable subject about power in relationships, exploring narcissists and shame. So I just want to mention that if anything in this conversation brings up any hurt or discomfort, we'll have some resources in the description below that can help support you in your process and healing. And just keep in mind that we are having a conversation based on our experiences and that you should always, if anything is stirred up within yourself, seek out help, whether that's a certified professional a therapist or a counselor, or even a loved one that you feel safe to share and explore some of these feelings. So be easy with yourself and we're going to jump in. Well, if you think about it, like when you're in a relationship with someone and they start to control the way that you like consider yourself to move in the world Mm. and they start to like create a narrative that you start to like adhere to and you're like, oh, I guess that's just who I am. Like I'm this person, like I'm the one who's too much or too emotional or too this, too that. And you start to be like, well, if. If if this is what I'm being told, it must be truth because I don't want to trust myself because you're telling me one thing and I love you and you're safe. Right. Why would you lie to me? Right. And so then you put on like, okay, well, I'll just trust everyone else's perception of me over Mm. my own.
1: Yes. I'm really glad that you brought that up because I actually was like thinking about that this morning and how it has been like my role to kind of uh, cater to. I think we were talking about the attachment styles Mm. catering to whatever people need me to be. Yeah. And putting on these, like, different hats and different masks. depending. I mean, it has kept me safe, right? Like, I'm very thankful for those, I guess, tools that I've acquired. um, And it has helped me, like, be more creative and act very well and things like that. But also, yeah, like, not really identifying with who I truly am. Right. You know, because of that. So, yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. Well, I think
0: finding, like, who you are individually. Like looking at who you are and trusting your own perception and the way that you're taking it to be like, all right, this is who I am. This is how I'm going to show up. Mm. And then starting to show up in that way, honest and truthfully to other people who maybe before were waiting for you to take the script they were handing you Mm. to be like, hey, this is Bobby. I know I can hand Bobby this situation. She's going to act accordingly because I've almost trained or expected her to be a certain way in my life. And the minute that you start to be like, I I didn't sign up for this or I changed my mind Mm. or this isn't working for me. I'm actually going to stand up in a relationship and be in my power. How does that change everything around me?
1: Yes. Yes. And people usually don't take that very well. I feel like it can be hard. Yeah. I I feel like it's been convenient for them, Mm. you know. So when you like step out of that, it like changes the dynamic of the relationship. And yeah, I think that like. I also we all have like stories and titles that people place on us and then we like perpetuate that. Right. Mm. So I had this story that I was like stupid and ditzy and ungrounded and didn't know what I was doing and people had to make decisions for me all the time. and, And then I took that on. And then now I'm in like the position of like, oh, actually, like I'm. Fucking smart, mm. and I can make decisions and be grounded. And I have this other business side to me that, like, now I can explore because I've always had that, like, deep, innate, like, uh feeling of going towards that, you know. And I haven't for a long time, I just like settled and was like, oh, I'm just this, you know, bought to energy. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, um so I think, like, finally stepping into that has been, like, really powerful for me personally. But to anyone like I think just not taking on the titles that people put yeah put on you
0: I think it's hard too, because at least for me personally and I mean like it all it starts at different places for people like some people mm. maybe they had a really nurturing childhood yeah and like it wasn't put on them as kids and so they were mm. able to maybe have a sense of individualism or identity. And then maybe something else happened later on that challenged that or put them into like doubt. But Mm. I feel like at least for me personally, like going back to childhood and not feeling like I can trust myself or that Mm. I have to blend in or be quiet or diminish myself in order to be safe changed entirely how I relate to people. Yes, Like as a kid, I'm being taught that in order to be safe, I need to take up less space in the room in order Mm -hmm. to be safe. I need to just be the voice of reason, the voice of like, okay, what do you need? How can I be like the diplomat Libra that everyone expects me to be and make a joke. So everyone's comfortable. Right. It's like, how can I step out of that when it was taught to me so early? Mm. And we're not given a course like when you meet a narcissist or when you meet someone who challenges you, how do you stand up and say, like, actually, this is who I am. Mm. And thankfully, I had these tools to keep me safe as a kid, but I don't need them anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I liked the shadow work that we did yesterday because it, like, talked about how our shadow can be, like, beautiful and helpful those situations right like that's awesome that you're like a diplomat and a peacemaker and but also like the shadow side of that is like people-pleasing right so like having both and learning how to use it in a healthy way i think is important yeah
0: i so we took a workshop yesterday with a local creative liz who did a workshop on shadow work which both you and i have done stuff in the realm of shadow work before but what really was interesting is i think so often we we cling to like the negative aspects of ourselves in shadow work we look yeah. at like Oh, well, I take on the story that I'm crazy or that I'm, you know, this or that. And there's actually things that were big about us that were like bold and like the gold of our essence that people diminished Mm. or invalidated or said, no, put that away. That doesn't work for me. Mm. And that those parts that you put to the side, like your power, your hunger, your ability to be like, no, I'm a fucking person. Yeah. Like those things are also shadows and they're the good things that we also can bring out. It's not just like the dark horror things that we hide in the depths it's also like the essence that is true to us that we put to the side
1: right yeah it's like our gifts really I think about like with myself at least like my need to like be on stage and express and be seen and heard and how that for me like growing up was very suppressed and I always had this like this longing for that and like this kind of that was a way for me to express my power and it was like taken away from me. So now like as an adult, I look for it in like all the wrong places Mm. through my relationships. And um, it it was almost like an extreme, you know, I was like trying to control and trying to be in power in the wrong spots. And um, now I'm trying to like kind of find a balance. Right. Right. and uh, Be like powerful in a room without overtaking or like diminishing myself, you know? Well, when you
0: feel like you step out of that, like that child role of like, Oh, I need to play small. I need to hide in the corner. Mm -hmm. I need to make up less space or not be as loud. Like that was definitely Mm -hmm. one for me of like, let me just like not be as loud or as passionate or as like into what I'm into. Right. Exactly. Because that became like, uh, a place where people could be like, "Oh, she's passionate about this. I can use this against her." Yes, and like learning how to diminish myself around other people because of just what I was exposed to early on, mm. and then you all of a sudden you find yourself facing those situations over and over and yes. over again. Like I think if you maybe didn't have that experience in childhood where you were faced with maybe a narcissistic parent or maybe a narcissistic individual who came into your life and had that you know, power over you in some way, mm-hmm. like maybe it's not as deep when you experience it in like adulthood, you have that sense of autonomy and that sense of agency to actually stand up for yourself. Yeah. But children aren't given those tools necessarily when they're faced with that as kids Yeah, and learning how to d- like stand up anyway. So like for you, when did you notice the shift of when you are like, I need to, I need to speak up. Mm. like i don't I'm not this small person that I'm playing to be because it kept me safe like I don't want to do this anymore,
1: yeah I mean that my healing journey i guess really started in massage therapy school um when I was like nineteen I went to school and that was like the first time I felt like I was learning something that like I was actually like passionate about mm. um but then you know I still didn't really like I gained power in my career and things like that, but I still had a lot of like Healing to do in general, and I guess like communication wise and speaking up that didn't really come until like teacher training, really mm, yoga teacher training, yeah, yeah. Um, and like me, the idea of me being in like a leadership role was like extremely fucking scary to me, yeah. you know. Um, so that was the start of it, I think, but I didn't really get like really clear about communication until like a few months ago when I started writing blogs, and I was like. Oh, I actually am pretty good at this and I have a lot of stories to share. Yeah. But I don't know, like, you know, what the the start of that completely was. It was kind of like a whole enmeshment of stories um, that, like, led to where I am now, I think. But, yeah, like almost the situations fed into
0: one another rather than yeah. just one big moment. Because for me right. personally, I think... I had like a one big moment, which isn't everyone's like path. Sometimes it takes a collection of all these instances that build a momentum to go forward and be like, actually, this isn't working. Yeah. Whereas for me, and we kind of talked about this earlier and I was like, it's probably going to come up again. Because I noticed that like for me, I didn't notice that I was playing small Mm. or that I was like not taking up space because I was loud. Right. And I was performing and I was like, I can be all the things you want me to be. Right. Right. Like, here I am. Is this digestible for you? Yeah. Here you go. And how am I being small or being like a diminished role if I'm showing up so strongly? Mm. And I noticed that I started to collect people in my life that would challenge me and to be like, oh, do you actually mean what you say? Or that would invalidate my feelings or the way that I perceive the world, whether it's it's too much or too emotional or Mm -hmm. too, too big. And I'm like, well, how can it, how can I be too small when everyone's telling me I'm too big? Right? right. Like everyone's giving me evidence that actually you're still not small enough. Like keep keep shrinking, keep growing, keep going. Right. And so I found myself in a relationship after college where I was just like, what What am I doing I couldn't even sit down and tell someone in this relationship, like a partner, how I felt Mm. like I felt like any way that I would speak, the words would be twisted or used against me. And like, yes, it was a lot of mirroring of stuff that I faced during childhood. And I was just like a moment where I was like, oh, this isn't it. Mm -hmm. This is this isn't how it's supposed to be. And it kind of kickstarted my journey back onto like my mat and doing yoga, but then also being selfish and being okay with it. And being like, actually, I'm going to reclaim selfish as a really powerful word because I've been told my whole life that I need to be selfless because it's easier for those who are trying to get me to do what they want me to do. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, let me just take up less space and be selfless and just give and be the diplomat and just do what you need me to do.
1: Right. Because it's convenient for other people. And I was like, no, I'm going to be selfish. Right. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like selfish always has like a negative connotation in general. I mean... I always like go back to like women in society because that's just like what I'm passionate about. But I think that we're told as women that we're we have to be selfless for sure. And like every given moment, you know, we have to be the nurturers and like kind of um, disregard our own feelings or like what we really need. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that, yeah, definitely shows up in has shown up in like every relationship of mine in different ways, obviously, but I just definitely like feel like I, um, made myself small in every relationship in order to like make them feel comfortable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What do you think, like, what, what do you think it is like that need for someone else to feel comfortable for you to be comfortable?
1: Oh God, that just goes back to like childhood. Like I Mm -hmm. was always the, the funny one and like tried to, kind of clear the air and, you know, make sure everyone was comfortable. And I was kind of like a mix between the golden child and the scapegoat. Oh, yeah. And I would say both of my parents are narcissists, um, honestly. And like, I have some siblings, I have five sisters, um, who also like display kind of narcissistic qualities and wouldn't say they were like, full on you know right. um but I mean I definitely have displayed that as well in my life just well, yeah what you've been exposed called. to it yeah um I forget what I was saying like how that led to that but oh uh, yeah I think that like I really wasn't truly myself until adulthood because I was like always the the kind of like funny one and like oh cheery and like <laughs> That's, like, really not, I mean, I'm, I think I'm funny, but, like, I don't think that, like, <laughs> I don't think that's all that I am. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely feel like I have a serious side to me and, um, you know, more business side as well. And that definitely wasn't something that, you know, I grew up doing. Yeah. So, yeah, I just started in childhood, just trying. I was, like, the youngest, and I just feel like I had to, I don't know, like, make sure everyone was okay. mm
0: That almost like your safety relied on everyone else's safety.
1: Yeah. And it's really interesting because all of my sisters like have dealt with it very differently. Like all of them, we're all really unique and we've had obviously the same experience, but... It just goes back to like, everyone has different coping mechanisms for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I
0: think that what we experience as adults is just like a symptom of coping with life, right? Like I, in my experience put on, here's what I'm going to be right. And I'm going to walk through life with my way of coping until I'm faced with situations that go, Hey, is your coping really helping or is it just making life comfortable? Mm. And like coming back to that word of comfortable, it's like I'm sacrificing my own comfort and like satiability in life Mm. to be satisfied because I'm making sure everyone around me is comfortable first. And that's how I feel like people who are more willing to play that role get pulled in with narcissists. Ugh, it's like yeah. it almost attracts one another because yeah. it's like, oh, here's this light that wants to make people happy and just wants everyone to be happy and comfortable because that's what's going to fill them up, which, you know, isn't the healthiest. I know that that I can't rely my happiness to be on others comfort. Yeah, I know that now. Right. But previously being unaware of my shit, like that's where I gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. Like, How can I make you happy and healthy? And that way I feel happy and healthy in relation to you.
1: Right. Yeah. It goes back to like, I think the whole fixing mentality of like, I was always in relationships with people that really had like a lack of empathy. And mm. I was always like, Oh, I can fix that. Uh, like, I'm good at this. You right. know, like, I let can me see all you. sides. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And you almost <laughs> spare yourself of looking at your own side because you're sitting mm. there going, well, I can see that. I can see your side. And I know right. your story. I know how you were raised. Exactly. And like, I almost give you an excuse now because you are this person that I've learned to love. Mm -hmm. And I see where you're getting all of your stuff from and I have an empathy for it, but I'm literally getting known back.
1: Right. I'm
0: getting, yeah, meet me. And that's like where the, where the line stops. Right.
1: Yeah. Like you can still have empathy for a narcissist and like their story. And I think about like with my parents and how they showed up, you know, as parents because of their shit Mm. and, and, you know, they was very like, they made it very clear, like, my childhood was this way and they were very open about that, which I'm actually, you know, thankful for in retrospect, but also that's not an excuse or like a like there still needs to be a boundary there yes. for yourself. Like you can still have empathy and be like, okay, like actually I hear your story and I resonate with it, but that doesn't give you a right to abuse me continuously. Yeah, and not
0: sacrificing like what your line is for yeah. enough. To be right. like, okay, yeah, I love you. And yeah, I, I need to love myself the most and make sure that I'm taking care of me first. And I think yes. that's what switched how I like started to relate with others, not just in like intimate relationships, but like friendships and business. And I feel mm. like all relationships mirror what you're currently able to process within yourself. Oh my God. So true. Like when I was all about keeping everyone else comfortable in my life, I was at a nine to five. Like playing the political corporate game, making sure everyone around me liked the Sam that was showing up Mm. with hiding like my own mental illness. Mm. And the minute that I was like, actually, I deserve to like stand up and be seen as who I am. It switched the narrative of the way I showed up in other relationships.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then you're going to attract people that like see that real you. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be even... It's not going to show up in your life continuously if you show up differently, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was huge for me. I always had bosses that were narcissists and, and like col- totally just did not respect right. me as a person or as a worker. And I would always get like close to a position of power within, you know, the workplace. But then, you know, they would always just like, I would always just try to keep reaching and they would have like these empty promises, Mm. you know. So I think that I allowed that to happen for so many years because I just didn't know any better. Right. And that's like what I grew up with. Right. Yeah, there was like a, I had this therapy session once. They were, they were talking, I was talking about my boss and they were like, who does that remind you of? Like, my dad. God, you're yeah, like, oh, my God. God. Yes, <laughs> but it's hard
0: to not start to see the, like the, the, the silver of gold that like feels like so much shit where you're like, oh my God, all these people are like this. And it's like, actually, yeah. this is the line to get you out mm. to recognize going yes. all the way back. Where does it start? So you can mm. fucking cut it. Yeah. And be like, actually, I don't want this to continue show up. And I actually want to assert myself and be in my power. Yeah. And decide that life can look different with this awareness now.
1: Mm. Yes, that's very juicy. (laughs) That's so true. Yeah, I think um, going back to like what we were talking about yesterday, um, the universe, I think, will keep showing you mirrors. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Until you like wake the fuck up. Like it will keep fucking showing
0: up oh yeah universe, not play. Yeah. and i feel like the moment you start to invite it in where you're like actually whatever you believe in god universe fucking mm-hmm. the grass the sun whatever it is just asking it to be like just let me know like is this what it's supposed to be or mm-hmm. opening yourself to, up to other like perspectives being I mean, like what really is who i am and what is it that i need and then allowing it to shift Mm. So yeah. we'll, we'll jump into kind of like what happens when you build this awareness. We're going to take our first break. Sure. And then we'll get back into it.
1: Okay. Sounds okay.
0: Good. Today's episode is brought to you by Samantha Fowler yoga. Samantha Fowler yoga was created to provide a space for people to heal and reclaim their power, whether that's through a healing and empowerment, one-on-one session, a workshop or an event Whatever it is, just to meet yourself where you are and allow yourself to really take what it is that you need in this journey. So, if you'd like, you can join us at the end of August for a 14 day immersion into meditation, tips and tricks to create your own practice, and then also an intuitive planning workshop at the end of the summer that you can join to explore what a schedule really looks like when it works for you rather than against you. You can find all of this, of course, at SamanthaFowlerYoga.com and follow at Yoga on Instagram and Facebook for more information.
1: If you're in a relationship with a narcissist or you have narcissistic parents, they usually have a tendency to invalidate your feelings Mm. you're not allowed to like express emotion um so at least that was my experience and like into adulthood I was taught that like I wasn't allowed to cry that I was just trying to get attention if I was crying that I wasn't allowed to like display regular human emotion right? right so I definitely, like, had a hard time crying in front of other people. Like, it was just this, like, shame that I carried with me.
0: Yeah.
1: And the first time I ever had a Reiki session, um, she was also my therapist. So she, like, combined the two, which Mm -hmm. was really cool. And we were on the table, and we went through, like, some trauma stuff. And it was the first time I ever, like, talked to someone, like, and actually admitted that I was abused Mm -hmm. to someone. So that was kind of crazy. And she then I just started, like, uncontrollably, like, crying, right, and, and then I started, like, covering my face, you know, out of, like, this kind of shame. defense, yeah, exactly, and that's the first thing that she said, she was, like, yeah, you have a lot of shame, like, that's why you're, you know, having this, um, body reaction, like, where you need to cover yourself up, and for I was, sure. like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know? like, she, she was the first person, I think, that, like, helped me create that language, yeah, for sure, and be, like, oh, wait, I can, like, cry, and this is, like,
0: okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, like, just being over the break, the reason this came up is we're joking about, like, oh, a thumbnail laughing, a thumbnail crying. And like that actually both sides are valid when speaking about a topic like this, because Mm. there's so many ways in which someone can process. Mm. Like personally, I definitely relate with that repression of feeling like I need to hide my emotions because once again, my emotions are going to make you uncomfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's like not my job, or at least that's what I told myself. Mm. And so I remember going to like funerals as a kid and just stonewall like no emotion, just, yep, we're at a funeral. mm -hmm, And then going home and just losing it because Mm -hmm. I felt there wasn't a safe space for me to actually show up. Mm. And it's like, that's not to demonize any person, but that was just my experience feeling like it's unsafe for me to show up vulnerably. Yeah. And for me, and we even like, you were like, wow, this is like a vulnerable thing to bring up. And it takes a lot of work sometimes to just admit what your truth is.
1: Oh my God. Oh yeah. I'm just processing what you're saying, but the options, same yeah <laughs> <laughs> <I always laughs> we're like do mm-hmm, this, yeah. Yep, one
0: moment, moment process <laughs> well, it's tough yeah. when you talk about stuff like this like there's always information that you're going to come across that's going to land in a way that you're like yeah can I take a moment because actually as a kid yeah. or as someone without this awareness I would bulldoze mm-hmm. through life and be like oh that lands with me no it doesn't yeah or oh that's hitting something with me like take it out get it. Nope. It's almost like put it away. Yeah. Don't even go there. Whereas now allowing yourself the space to like process. And I feel like whatever that process looks like, if it's laughing, if it's crying, if it's connecting with another person, if it's writing something like Mm -hmm. you recently wrote a blog that like when I sat down and read it, I was like, yeah, thank God someone's talking about and like for me narcissism i always was like yeah whatever you know i've dealt with it who cares like right. i almost repressed my experience yeah, with it a lot to diminish care. myself and be like oh well i'm crazy if i think they're a narcissist or right. like putting it on me right But reading your article to see you stand in your voice and be like, this was my experience Mm. and not that I'm demonizing this person or making him or whoever that person was bad or wrong or wrong. It's just for me, this is what I got. And Mm. this is my experience. And also, here's where I'm going now.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's a huge thing. Also, like within my article, I talk about what I did wrong as well. I think that's a huge part of it. Like I wouldn't have attracted Mm. that type of person in my life if I also didn't display this type of like toxic behavior, right? Like, How could I possibly even be attracted to someone if I, you know, didn't have someone of those qualities Mm. in myself? So I think that's also huge to like bring up, but yeah, accountability. And I think that's what really can
0: define people in like, whether they're a narcissist or maybe narcissistic tendency, tend tendencies or not, yeah. is like that accountability portion. Yes, we're all human. We're all going to display what we've taken in, right? Like right. as a kid, if you're exposed to certain traits, you're more than likely going to display them because that's how you were taught. Yes, but to take accountability is that first step to go. Like, I, I get that I was taught this, and yeah. that I can display these things within myself. Like, same. Yeah. And like, I can mirror that from other people and display that myself to keep myself safe and like blend in, Mm -hmm. but I can also call myself out. Yes. And that it's okay for me to call myself out. And like, I've now surrounded myself with people that will call me out, not out of hate or to put me down or to diminish me, but to be like, Hey, there's more than just playing this role. Right. Or like, Hey, remember when we were talking about this thing, is it possible you're playing small right now? And being like, (laughs)
1: fuck yes
0: thank you yeah and holding like that accountability for yourself and then having people around you that'll also be like i'm gonna hold space for you and not shame you but just let Mm. you know like i'm here
1: right i think it comes down to like being open with the right people too and i think that comes more naturally to you as you step into your truth more yeah like you can see like at least for me and I think for other people as well, like you can kind of tell if you can be safe being vulnerable with certain people after a while, after you are aware of yourself, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, the reason why I like writing so much is like, I don't really need, I don't need anyone else like to hold space for me. Like I'm Mm. holding space for myself and I'm going to put it out there. And if it resonates with other people, then sure. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, but you know it was honestly like selfishly almost for me to like just be able to express my story you know and I'm really happy that people reached out and like said oh shit like I've experienced this exact thing you know and like that's obviously like healing for both of us but it really like came down to just being able to like share it and process it and be like wait like all this stuff actually did happen.
0: Yeah. And we're going to link it so people can read it too. If they haven't already just to get like a fuller picture of the story itself. But I know that like writing that story for you, obviously it's like a personal healing that happens. Yeah. But when you put that truth out there, like what did you notice started to happen when you were like, I'm going to stand in my truth Mm. and I'm going to actually take some power back and be like, I I have a story to tell Mm. and I have a voice that I'm actually allowed to use, Mm. even if it makes someone uncomfortable.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, a number of things happened. I think it was kind of the catalyst for me stepping more into my power. And like, I started making videos on narcissism and I started like just speaking about things that were on my mind, like via like Instagram. And I had never done anything like that before. I was always like a writer, but to like actually make a video of myself, like talking about things too. And like, it was just the catalyst for a lot of me just like being able to express myself. And then people started like reaching out and being like, thank you so much Mm. for sharing that. And I'm like, this is why I'm doing this, you know? So I don't know. I, I think they're like, it really just allowed me to step into that more. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I had been blocked for so many years in that area of like speaking up about things. And also like, I won't be attracting people like that in my life anymore Mm. because like, they're like, Oh, I'm not going to fuck with her.
0: You know what I mean? <laughs> I, no, I can totally see that the yeah. minute that you stand and you go like this behavior is not acceptable. Right. And you do it in a way that maybe is a little public and a little yeah. bit like actually I got I got to say it and mean it and then like mm-hmm. walk with it. Yes. And let people know that like this is no longer something I'm inviting
1: in. Yes, exactly. Like having that boundary like already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because I feel like subconsciously we walk on people's boundaries sometimes like because it's like an energetic thing mm. you know like if you if you aren't clear on your boundaries then they're gonna be like oh okay i can just walk all over her and yeah. do whatever i want to her and mm. you know i think that like sometimes we aren't aware of those things but once you like speak out about like this is not acceptable this is like what i am going to accept in my life and like it they're like oh but especially with like narcissists, i feel like they're like oh okay i can't like fuck with her anymore i mm. can't like play with her like oh yeah uh, play these mind games boundaries
0: are huge I think in relationship with others and it's not like I thought for so long that creating a boundary made me a bad person because it made me say that I needed something that was different and that made me Mm -hmm. wrong like as a kid being like I need it to be this way and being shut down like no we're not going to give you that it's Mm -hmm. like oh well then my boundaries aren't anything and I should just throw them to the side And relearning how to create like a boundary within myself and within relation to family or intimate relationships. Mm. Like I found myself being like, oh, I find that I can't clearly communicate with this person when I sit down and just talk to them from my head. Mm -hmm. I start to like doubt myself. I start to spiral. I start to like pick up on what they're giving me or like doubting my own reality or Mm -hmm. my truth. And so I was like, first, I'm going to just create a boundary and I'm just going to type out what I need to say to you. And noticing that just doing one small boundary was like earth shattering Mm. to be like, well, like, why do you need to write something? Why does it need (laughs) to be like from like actual words that you need to say verbatim? Like, Mm. why can't you just tell me? And almost like invalidating my need to have a boundary of like, in order for me to communicate with you, I need this medium right now.
1: Right. Because I don't feel secure in like owning that. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's huge with writing too. Is like, you actually have time to process Mm -hmm. how you're actually feeling as opposed to like, communicating with someone that like you are triggered by when you try to like have that conversation sometimes emotions get in the way and like you can't oh, yeah. really like fully express what you're actually feeling or you diminish yourself yes. in your
0: words and you right. go well I won't I won't go there because I'm picking up now that they're uncomfortable or, and you right. like you mute yourself with the words that you choose and so writing it down you mm. have to say it yes and like for someone like me who's so often like wanting to not on purpose, diminish, but find myself diminishing in order to keep other people safe yeah. and comfortable. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not helping anyone, including myself. Yes. And so when I first started to just write out like what I needed to say to someone and being like, I need to just have you sit there and listen. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then that's the bigger issue. Yeah. It's not me and what I've been saying this entire time. It's you're not holding space for me to have a boundary. And that's not love.
1: Yeah. Whether this is an
0: intimate relationship, a business relationship, or even just a friendship in order for there to be any connection, there has to be respect of boundaries.
1: Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I just think of like, we were talking in the car about this as well, like communication and how if people can't meet you where you're at, it's like for both of us, I feel like um, I'm going to speak for you, but like, yeah. um, <laughs> I'll let you know if it's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> um, But like, you know, over communicating and trying to overcompensate yeah. and control the outcome of the, conversation and over explaining which is another part of like you know narcissistic abuse is like over explaining yourself like feeling like you have to like prove yourself to this person so I don't know um just going back to that that piece but I think it's like important to know who you're talking to right yeah yeah and understanding
0: that different people pull out different things within you. Oh, and as you heal true. yourself, you're allowed to contain your energy and you're allowed to be like, I feel comfortable and confident to stand up and, uh, against this per or even just with this person and have a conversation and communicate. Yeah. But until that like security is fully met within yourself, you're allowed to have boundaries. You're yeah. allowed to say, I need an outline if I'm going to talk to you about this big topic that's important for us, whether that's yeah. business or not. Right. We need to talk in a way that I know that I'm allowed space to clearly say my
1: piece. Mm. Right, and uh, I think that within relationship, we talked about this earlier as well. Like just seeing it as a, it is kind of like a business partnership. Yeah, and I think it should be treated as such. Like having a clear outline and rules established, and what you both are comfortable with, and having like an outline. For me, like I love having like questions that we can both answer and getting clear on things like that. I just think like having a plan kind of set in stone, um, makes it so there's not like a bad power dynamic happening. Maybe,
0: And I feel like you don't know that that's an option when you're Hmm. not given those tools as a young kid to be like, Oh, a relationship's actually an equal partnership. Yeah. And that as much as I'm allowed to say my piece or as much as they're allowed to say their piece, neither of it's personal. It's just, we have needs because of our own like experiences. Yeah. And I found myself like being in relationships with people, whether it was business or otherwise, where I like I would deny myself that opportunity to also show up in the room with them. Yeah. Even when I was like screaming to get into the room, there wasn't a space for me. Yeah. And becoming aware of that then allowed me to shift and be like, actually, in my next relationship, I want to sit with this person. I want them to see me and I Mm -hmm. want to be able to see them. Mm. And to be like, actually, what's this relationship going to look like? And can we have a thing that's going to serve both of us, not just one side of the relationship?
1: Right. Yeah. And I think that if you aren't taught that, that tool or even that language behind yeah. that, like it's difficult to like step into that and be like, oh, like this is not actually how it should be. There shouldn't be this like power dynamic happening. Yeah. Um. I think we see it everywhere too. I think it has been like completely normalized in our culture to have that power dynamic happen, whether Mm -hmm. it's like the guy or the girl. I think more likely it's usually the guy. It can be like the controlling one or Mm -hmm. like more narcissistic one because of like toxic masculinity. We can go down that (laughs) rabbit (laughs) hole. Yeah, but like I think that you know, I definitely um, think that there there isn't a like language about like how to deal with that power dynamic. And if it's like safe to also have like one person be more, um, I guess, powerful in the relationship. I don't know how else to say that, but I'm still learning that. I'm I'm still learning like how to be like powerful and also be able to hold space to like step back if I need to and Mm. like let them kind of take control of whatever needs to be taking control of, you know what I mean? Well, I think,
0: so I was doing, uh, I was reading this book that has a lot of research just about like the the way that the body picks up on other people's body language. So Mm. the way that you sit, my brain will pick that up and immediately adjust. Mm. So what we find in just body language is the first, like one of the first forms of communication. You see someone, you see how they are, you're able to read it. Mm -hmm. What happens is someone who's diminished, you read their body language and if they're exerting a power, just in a stance, standing up, hands on hips, big body language that assesses they have room in the space. Mm -hmm. Immediately without awareness, I can subconsciously fall into, okay, I'm going to like tuck in. I'm going to close off. I'm going to be small. Mm. And just the body language of it can start to assert. Power dynamics.
1: Yes. I'm so
0: glad. And like, you don't even know that it's happening. And you're like, oh, Mm. why am I slouching and cowering as I'm having a conversation with my partner? Mm. Why am I getting myself all backed up into a corner and feeling like I don't have a voice? Like, what's coming up for me? And finding ways to be aware of it. And then also being like, I'm allowed to take up space. Like, hang on.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: readjust. Like, give yourself some room to bodily express yourself to show up in the same way. Oh. And then communication is like the second part of it to actually verbalize what you need. Some of us never are given that strength, like to actually communicate Mm
1: -hmm. and to feel
0: like you have a voice. You're allowed to say what you want to say and that you don't need to be censored. Yes. And like, I think for me personally, that I feel like because my lack of language or feeling like I had a full say became my superpower to be like, actually, I am going to tell you what I need to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stand my ground and communicate with you. Cause that's the only way I can show you my reality. And I can't change your mind. Yes. I can't force you to meet me here. I can't force you to be a part of my reality. I can just give you my words and you're going to see my body language. And maybe for you, they line up and you can register my reality. Yeah. But also I'm going to hear your words and hear, see your body language and I'm going to register your reality. Cool. So just like noting the awareness of the different dynamics that create a power. Like Mm. dynamic in your relationship, Mm -hmm. whether it's the body language or the communication and be just becoming aware, Mm -hmm. like right away, there's nothing you have to do or fix. There's just an awareness to just like see what's there Mm. and then being able to step from that awareness of like, actually, let me step on purpose. Let me like broaden my chest. Let me sit up in my chair let me say what I mean. Yeah. And then seeing how people adjust to it. And then that gives you the information mm. to decide where you go forward.
1: Yes, exactly. Like how they show up when you show up differently. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you guys are both self-aware, like it can work by like communicating that mm. and, oh, I see this kind of power dynamic. and we like talk about this? Yeah. yeah. And
0: being safe enough to assess if something's not working for you. Yeah. To be like, as much as i love you this does not change that love i'm just noticing there's a dynamic mm-hmm. that maybe we can adapt or evolve that supports both of us right and can someone actually sit and have this conversation with you or does it become mm-hmm. a threat to them that they no yeah. longer hold a power over you
1: right exactly yeah and for me that's definitely shown up in like every relationship mm-hmm. um even if i have like displayed that on this powerful like badass bitch you know what yeah. i mean like right, right. you know i i can come off as like, there's like this front, but then when I get into like a relationship, I like recoil and like, let them take control and make the decisions. And I kind of lose myself in that. And I think that I've, you know, still, I'm struggling with that concept of mm-hmm. like, where do I fit in, in relationship to other? And like, what is my role? And like, can I still be powerful around them, you know, without like losing myself? So I'm, st- I still have no idea. <laughs> in that realm. I'm like, you know,
0: I think that's okay to be honest of like, yeah. I'm, I'm learning, I'm yeah. understanding what I need. And I think it does start with like self study of sitting with yourself and going like, can I objectively look at what I've done in my life? Like Mm. all the good, all the bad, all the shit relationships, all the great relationships. And can I just observe myself for a moment and just become aware of patterns that don't work for me? Yeah. Like there's one thing that um, uh, I I would always come back to is like, what's your enough? Mm. Like, what is your deal breaker? And I remember early on, like talking with an older woman who had been in a successful marriage. She was like, you need to have deal breakers. And it doesn't make that person wrong, but you have to define it for yourself within yourself for a relationship to work. Hmm. And whether that's truth or not, it resonated with me because I think for so long, I made my deal breakers, the things that weren't working, just like optional. Like, oh yeah, (laughs) it doesn't work for me, but I'm still here. Yeah. yeah. Why am I staying? And it's like, actually define what's enough for you. What's your deal breaker? Hmm. If you need a relationship that someone's going to sit down and communicate openly with you, then why are you with someone that anytime you bring up a big topic shuts the fuck down? Right. Why? Yeah. And yeah, you can hold space and empathize all day, but are you like diminishing yourself and not giving yourself what
1: you need to step forward? Right. And you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, right? for sure. So if you've always been in a relationship like that and you watched your parents be like that, of course- You're probably going to step into that role. Yeah. But once you figure it out, you're like, oh, like there are people that will have these conversations and I don't want to compromise anymore because there are people that will hold space and actually listen to you and hear you. And it won't be like this ongoing argument or like feeling like you're too like baby screaming at each other. Right. And I think like that so often in
0: business relationships, people are so quick to be like, define your worth.
1: If mm-hmm. your service
0: is going to cost X amount, your people that are going to value that are going to come and pay for that. Sure. That's also life and mm-hmm. romantic relationships. Define your worth, define what you need, and then allow yourself to make the call that out of love for yourself, first and foremost, you need something else. Yeah. Or you need to communicate what's not working if you still want to give it a chance with this person mm-hmm. and then just see what happens from that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that we aren't taught that. And also, we don't if you're too in it it's mm-hmm. really hard to see like what your needs oh, are yeah sometimes. hindsight's 2020
0: yeah to step out of being in the emotional like vulnerable place with another person it becomes very pinhole in what you see and it's like oh yeah I can step out of it and years later reflect and be like damn why did I let that happen right and I could shame myself and be like you yeah. dumb stupid like I can do right. all the things <laughs> or I right. can be like it kept you alive and you stayed because you didn't know, but now you know, and where can you step from this awareness? You can't control everything. You can just control how you step.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think control, it always comes back to that, at least for me. And like, I always tried to like fit into this box in a relationship Mm -hmm. and, you know, just try to make it work, you know, just hold it together. You know, like I see the red flags, but I'm just going to ignore them. And right. I think that like, my power comes from like really owning my fear that I can't control mm-hmm. you know and that like I can like I've always held on to relationships as the means to like um keep me safe I guess yeah. you know like it's a survival thing I think it's tough, but it's comfortable and it's right. safe because it's what I know right exactly but now I'm like okay like I can actually step into the world without a relationship. Mm. Yeah. So that's been a huge learning lesson for me. Maybe stepping into your own identity and finding what your
0: boundaries are and what you need first. And if you can't do that because you know that people in a relationship oftentimes take you out, it's okay to establish like Mm -hmm. I need to be autonomous. Right. I need to be on my own Mm -hmm. or finding someone that allows you that ability to like be in your own space and just support you unconditionally. Yeah. To be like, I see you and I understand that you're taking a journey and I'm here. Yeah. Whether that's like someone you love and is holding an intimate space for you or just a friend. It's like, you're like, for the first time, I'm going to vocalize you're valid. Like mm-hmm. the experiences you had, the way that you processed, all of it, the feelings that came up are valid. And as people who sit in conversations and relationships with narcissists, you're so often invalidated. Yes. That you're crazy or you're out of control or you're the one that's wrong. And it's like, let yourself process and be valid for once. Yeah. That the feelings that show up, regardless of what they are, are valid feelings. Yes. And what you do with those feelings is in your control to react with the awareness now.
1: Yeah. There's so much to that. And I think if you have been told that your feelings are invalid, it shows up in every aspect of your life and not just within those feelings. Yeah. It shows up like when you're making any decision in life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then it just goes back to, yeah. Not being able to make those decisions, like simple things. Yeah. Termed, what am like, I going to eat? Things. Nope. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think it just like trickles into every aspect. And I think that's something that like most people don't talk about is like, mm. it's not just one thing. It like really um, diminishes your self-esteem in general. Yeah. Just being invalidated and not seen as like an actual person. It's like your feelings are a part of, who you are, you yeah. know? So like how am i valued when i don't offer you something? Yeah. What
0: do you see in me when i can just sit and be a human? Do you yes. still hold space for me or are you only looking at me because i can give you something? Mm. And if giving yourself that space to look at someone and be like, "You only care if i do or act in the way that works for you." Actually, that doesn't work for me. Now i can create a boundary. Yeah. And now i can reclaim some of my power because i've chosen for myself for maybe the first time that i deserve more than just what i can give others.
1: Mm. yeah I have a lot to say about that (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think it's really interesting um in the beginning of my relationship with the narcissist like I definitely was like manipulated into thinking that they did care Mm, yeah yeah like they they showed up as like oh I'm hearing you I see you and like all those things you're like oh my god this is the first time this feels yeah, so good right yeah and I'm like I'll tell him everything about my life oh yeah <laughs> you know for sure and um I couldn't see the ways in which he actually wasn't seeing me there was only to like benefit him in a way you know so I think being conscious again like of who you're talking to and who can actually hold space because like you can feel that energetically and at the yeah. time I didn't know but looking back I'm like uh, girl like he was not actually seeing
0: you well and when you're invalidated so often in your life you're told to not trust your gut feelings yeah. or your instincts or that yeah. your instincts are wrong or your basic needs are yeah. somehow too much or mm-hmm. like overwhelming and so mm-hmm. to sit and be like i for the first time i'm just gonna listen to my gut even when it's my stomach rumbling like why is that happening or when i'm sitting with someone and i'm getting a gut reaction that like Something is not lining up. Yeah. Something like what you're saying and what is happening in my gut. And I don't know if that's my own shit and I can like own that part, but also my gut is saying something. And for the first time, I'm just going to validate that I'm feeling this way and that's okay. Mm. But what I do with that feeling is now up to me and is in my control. And I don't have to over control it and micromanage every single way that I'm perceived. Right. But I can control the way in which I'm powerful and showing up on purpose.
1: Yeah, I think intuition is such a like an important thing in this, right? I think that like my story during like teacher training too, we did like story work. Mm-hmm. Um and, and what was brought up for me is like that my experience was not real, right? Mm-hmm. Um so that like carried with me and I couldn't trust my intuition, I couldn't trust my perception of things and of people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just going back to like the intuition piece, we we can feel that in our bodies and we don't listen. Yeah. You know, we're often told that like someone else has to tell us like how we're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I think we deaden it a little bit too. If it comes back mm. to like growing up with a
0: narcissist,
1: Yeah, when you're
0: constantly invalidated at a young age, you're yeah. not being told like, honey, you're valid that you feel this way and that you're upset when you're being told, suck it up. Mm -hmm. Or like guys often will get like, be a man. Why are you doing this? Oh my God. Like when your situations, your feelings are invalidated, you start to create this illusion that you're the one who's wrong, Yeah, that there's something wrong with you and that you don't fit and that your experience isn't valid or your experience is actually made up or just, you know, a dramatic recurrence of what actually is happening Mm -hmm. that you start to step into like, well, wait, I was a kid. Hang on. Like no one taught me how to trust myself. And so all I can do is now find a place to get to trusting myself again. Mm. And from that trust that like, I think Jess and I talked about previously on the other episode was just like being able to connect to that place and just like allow yourself to hear it and just Mm. be like, I don't have to do anything with this information, but I'm hearing myself now.
1: Yeah. And I think that takes time. Yeah. I think that like sitting with yourself and processing your intuition, it does take time. Um, And it's a skill, I think. And especially because our society doesn't really teach that. Yeah. Like, I think that being educated on that and figuring out ways to like tap into that is important. Yeah. Because I think once you're able to really sit with like, okay, well,
0: I did this and I understand why I did it. And Mm. I'm going to heal that portion of myself. You are then able to, you know, show up and see other people's perceptions of you and not take it on. Mm. like to actually stand your ground stand your truth literally write a blog about it yeah and regardless of what anyone says whether they agree or they disagree your experience is still real
1: yes and it
0: doesn't have to land for everyone you don't have to be digestible for everyone in order for you to exist and be whole
1: right yeah and I think that was like a starting point for me to really step into that Mm. right just be like no, this actually did fucking happen. This real. <laughs> yeah, it is real. Yeah, I don't really care anymore. Like, I don't give a fuck if you don't believe me or not. Like, this is my experience, and I mean that's that's kind of like a gateway into like all of my experiences in mm-hmm. life of feeling invalid. So it was like a like everything came like full circle for me. I think yeah. in that way. Well, the things that showed up as mirrors now get to be closed books because the mirrors don't have
0: to continue to show up.
1: Yes. Like I've noticed
0: like when I was doing a lot of work on myself in the realm of like narcissists or in the realm of like people who just invalidated my feelings Mm -hmm. or maybe had tendencies to like diminish me, not on purpose even, but that held that space over me instead of sharing it with me. Mm. I noticed that they showed up so much more. And I could see them everywhere. And the minute (laughs) you're like, actually, let me take a look and like, look at myself and decide what's mine that I actually need to heal. And what have I put on that's not mine? Mm. And then the, like all of the signs, right? Like whether you believe in the universe, God or whatnot, all the things that are happening that are drawing your attention to that portion, start to maybe quiet because you've given it the attention that you internally maybe needed. Mm to like look at that space of power. Like for me, this past month, processing power in all the ways, seeing it show up literally in TV shows. Like I'll call Aaron and be like, oh my God, I, this thing is showing up five times for me. And he's like, well, maybe you should do some work and look at it. Yeah, Why is it showing up? And be like, oh yeah, that's right. It's showing up for a reason. Yes. And sometimes maybe it's showing up just to give you some awareness and maybe you're not ready to dive into it. And maybe it's just, you know, a show
1: exploring a topic and it's not that serious. (laughs) I, I definitely am on the spectrum of thinking like once you are aligned with your purpose and like stepping into your power, then the universe, like, keeps giving you signs of that like okay you ready I'm gonna keep showing up for you then and it's funny because I was just thinking about like within like you know the topic of power dynamics within a relationship and uh the idea of being put on a pedestal Mm -hmm. and all of that um and how that showed up for me a lot in my life with relationships and how I put like the men in my life on this like oh they're so much better than me look how good they are at everything Mm -hmm. and putting them on a pedestal and I almost felt like a fan of them rather than like in a relationship an with them. equal yeah like sitting at a table with them being like we're partners right equally yeah so right before this podcast it was on uh new girl was on and she was was that out there yeah oh my god she's okay. on a relationship she's in a relationship with this guy and she's like you're not really seeing me she's like you are only like you're acting like you're a fan of me, and she mm-hmm. like goes down this like rabbit hole with him, and she's like, yeah, like I'm not perfect, but like you're putting me on this like pedestal, and I was like, God damn it, <laughs> I <got to> look <laughs> yeah, at it yeah. Exactly. When I think it's when
0: you open yourself up to be questioned by the things that surround you, you give yeah. yourself the opportunity to grow. You're no longer mm. stuck in I have to be this one way. And yeah. if I'm not this one way, I'm not safe and everyone hates me and I'm wrong. <laughs> so you become this like science researcher who's like, who am, who am I? Mm. Who am I today? Why have I done this thing in the past? And you become safe enough within yourself to explore your flaws and the mm. things that you've done that maybe don't make you comfortable. Mm. But now you're allowing yourself to move forward. So you can stop the fucking cycle of dealing with this kind of person. Yeah, Maybe. Yeah. Like maybe they'll show up again when you forget maybe a lesson that was learned. Right. Or maybe you actually learn the lesson. Yeah. And you put a boundary in place and you step forward on purpose and you actually provide yourself the space to like be a powerful bitch, but not just say it. <laughs> and not just be like, I promise yeah. I am like, please watch the show I'm going to put on right. for you to think I'm powerful. No, because right. I've been there. Like, actually yeah. be
1: powerful. Yeah. You don't need to prove yourself. To yeah. that Yeah. Yeah, and I I love, you say this often, I think, like, just the idea of being, like, a scientist Mm, in your life and being, like, an observer rather than, like, having this shame cycle. Because that's why we get in these cycles, right? Of, like, okay, we observe our behavior and then we're like, oh, God, I hate it. it. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. And then we keep exhibiting that behavior because we're not seeing it from, like, an objective point of view. And we're not seeing it as, like, oh, we're just having a human experience. We, like, shame ourselves about it, so. Yeah, there's a lot to that, but this goes back to, like, the shadow thing.
0: Well, I think shame is such a big contributor to, like, why mm. we do what we do. Yeah. Like, to preserve ourselves or to save face or to avoid shame. And it's, like, when you acknowledge that shame is a very valid experience to have and to feel, that it's also not the end of the world to feel shame. Yeah. That, like, you can be like, yeah, that should happened. Fuck. Yeah. And... I'm going to move forward anyway. Yeah. Or I'm going to understand why it showed up for me.
1: Yeah. And
0: finding people that then also support that and give you the space Mm. to be like, hey, yeah, I noticed this happened and it's not the end of the world. Mm. And I'm not going to demonize you and I'm not going to tell you how crazy you are and how you should get over this shit by now. But no, I'm actually just going to be like, I love you. What do you need?
1: Yeah. Like, how can I
0: be a partner in your life rather than someone who's dictating what your story needs to be?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that people sometimes get shame confused with, like, they feel like they need shame in order to change. Mm. And yeah, shame can be like, okay, like I have shit to work on, right? But also, we get, in this cycle of like oh we can't actually like move forward unless we shame ourselves about it oh yeah I totally feel that difference
0: it's a great you know it's there it's a survival skill to shame yourself and then be like bitch you gotta work on this right?" right but also that shame is like valid and it evolves and it's allowed to show up and it not be the end of the world and you also don't need to shame yourself in order for yourself to grow
1: right exactly so when I first moved to york about five years ago i was in a relationship with an alcoholic and neither one of us were healthy in any in mm. any form um and prior to that like i had this idea that i was like already healed mm. in that way. you know i had done a lot of work already and you know had like a thriving massage therapy business and kind of uh felt powerful in my career and all of that and I once I moved to York, everything kind of fell apart. And I was in this really like toxic relationship. And I started to have a lot of shame about like how I was living my life. Mm-hmm. And no one really knew that I was living like that. Because I, you know, I had shame about talking about it. Yeah. Because uh, I had this idea of who I was. And I was like, I have my shit together and everything's fine. And then everything was actually like really terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, So I think I carried that with me. So my next relationship, I carry the shame. And then that showed up in like every aspect of my life. And I really couldn't show up for anything as myself. I became like very isolated and I had like, I felt like I had no friends and I couldn't speak up about things and I just showed up as like this totally shy you know, um like like I said, isolated person. Mm. And that's not actually who I am. Like I like my alone time and I like being introverted and all that and, and deep and being introspective, but I definitely need communication. <laughs> I need community and I like completely my sense of shame in my body and my mind like really kept me from having other people see me. Yeah. So I kept hiding. I definitely think shame is one of the
0: biggest influencers in relationships. Yeah, Your personal shame will show mm. up if it is not like what you repress. What is what shows up tenfold? Yeah. What you hate about yourself is what's going to show up for you because it's not integrated into who you are. Mm. Not that you have to accept that you're that way, but just acknowledging what has been that's holding you in this shameful place. Mm. Because I definitely see for myself, like what I've shamed for me personally showed up in relationships and dictated who I allowed in and the power dynamics I allowed myself to be in because I held this shame that I only valued myself because of what my shame said I was worth. Yeah. And so I could only receive love in condition to how I allowed people to like love me because yeah. I thought I wasn't worth a full love. Yes. And so I think shame is ultimately one of like the, the sneaky like influences of our relationships, whether that's with someone who is just, you know, normal joe who just has their feelings or someone who's a narcissist and overpowers those feelings mm-hmm. it's like that shame becomes what you allow yeah and what you're able to tolerate with others because of what you hold within yourself
1: yeah yeah i think that's such a good point it's like you can only be as open as like how much shame that you have yeah when you, you know? hold in all this
0: shame and you decided that like like you said you like you almost invert. And you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm just going to hold all of this together because I feel like if I show this to anyone, it's not safe or it's Mm -hmm. unlovable. Right. And you start to then build on the shame and that then shows up in how you relate with people, if at all. Right. Like, okay, it's either I'm going to show up with all this shame and I'm going to chance being vulnerable and having someone see it and possibly reject me yeah. at my core this is like my biggest thing that i'm telling you right or i'm going to close off everyone and i'm going to hide and be alone and i'm not going to allow myself full real love mm. because of this shame
1: yes yeah i think that um it's like a driving force and we all feel it and we've all experienced it but i think that once you really step into like self-love, which to me is dropping that shame, right? Mm. And not expecting yourself to be perfect. Then you'll find people that are meeting you where you're at. Yeah. And you're not going to be attracting people that are also super ashamed of themselves. Right. Like I want to sit
0: next to someone who acknowledges their shame within their life. That they can let go of and love regardless. Right. And maybe even just the possibility of letting it go. Of like someone Mm. who's willing to be like, "I, I don't know if that's possible, but it sounds nice. Yeah. And I'd like to explore what a life could look like without shame and with like full love without condition. Right. And just allowing themselves to be open even though we have all the reason in the world to close up. And yeah. to like hold off and to isolate. It's like, no, you deserve to be loved regardless of what you've been taught and yeah. what you've been told.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think now if I, you know, have a relationship again, it would it would definitely show up so much more, you know, I show up completely differently because I've like allowed myself to drop my shame. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about that other than that, really. But Dude,
0: shame is a wild concept. And there's so many ways we could go into this rabbit hole at all the angles. But I think we'll save it for conversations down the line and have you back on.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So thanks for coming on. Obviously, if you want to follow Bobby and what she's up to, we'll have links in the description below if you want to let them know where they can find you.
1: Yeah, um, on my Instagram, it's latebloomerx. um, And then on the link to that, I have my website that has um, booking for my coaching that I do and my yoga teaching
0: and then also my blog. Awesome, so if you wanna follow along, there'll be links in the description and we will see you guys next time. Thank you guys so much for joining. I wanted to hop on here to just let you know if anything in this conversation Provided a little bit of triggering feeling or hurt or upset based on your own experience, feel free once again to look at the resources in the description below, things that allow you to have a little bit of knowledge as to why these things might be stirring up. And of course, always reaching out to a loved one or to a certified therapist or counselor to explore what might be coming up to allow you to have your own journey of healing. And if you have any questions that you'd like us to explore in future conversations, whether it's me and Bobby sitting here or another guest, you can email somethingforyoupodcast at gmail.com. Any questions, things that came up for you or things that you want to explore to allow this to also be something for you that we can make it more interactive. So be easy and we'll see you soon.